Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. And uh, we'll have a big conversation today because this is the launch of Easter week, what we know as Holy Week uh, in the Christian calendar. And uh, for some of us, this is a huge deal. And I want to talk to someone around our church who kind of convenes and quarterbacks everything that's going to happen this week. Uh, Our inspiration pastor, that's Southridge speak for runs our weekend services, uh, a guy named Tom Lowen. Tom, welcome back and uh, great to have you. you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Uh, can you first of all just give us an update on how you're doing these days? How are things at home and work and all things pandemic? Yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag of everything these days. I mean, life is good, and and we're certainly feeling like you know the the weather's getting nicer. We're able to be outside a bit more. Our kids are at a super great stage uh, right now, and my daughter just turned seven. We were able to have a first birthday party in a couple of years and had like 31 kids at our place for horse rides and campfire and, you know, all kinds of funny games. And so life is, uh, life is starting to feel like it's, it's getting a bit, uh, even more fun than these last couple of years have been. Things at work are super challenging and super exciting at the same time. I mean, we're kind of in that, in that place where you're navigating the feeling of almost like replanting a church and uh, there's it's exciting to be doing live services and interacting with our community again and feeling like we've gotten back at least to some degree to to what being a church uh, is real all about, all about not just kind of like working to make online services and make videos and that kind of thing so uh, lots of lots of hard challenge in what we're doing right now, but also uh, lots of progress and movement forward. So it's a bit of a mixed bag, like I said. Some people listening, especially leaders outside of Southridge who listen in, probably don't know your sort of side gigging history. You and your wife have a band uh, that's that's quite active, especially in the warmer weather that has been pretty quiet over the the pandemic. Um, Can I ask, especially as things are opening up, like, what are you doing for fun these days? Uh, yeah, a few things uh, more than we have been able to do. Yeah, absolutely. Our our family has a couple of side side gigs, music being one of them um, that that got hit pretty hard during the pandemic and totally shut down. Um, but we're we're back slowly. We're not we're not necessarily rushing back full steam ahead. Uh, but a, a little over a month ago, uh, I guess back in in February. Uh, we did our first real gig post-pandemic. We did a couple of shows up in Toronto, uh, opening for a, a, a good friend of ours, a bit of a musical mentor of ours. And uh, and then there's been some other things. We got some uh, gigs coming up uh, in our local town. I actually just did a gig this past Friday at Canada's oldest tavern in Niagara-on-the-Lake. And so it's starting to feel like real life again. And, and uh, it's one of those things where when you haven't done it for so long, it's uh, it just feels so life giving to be back in 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 those environments where you're doing what you love. So it's it's very I fun. Bet. Yeah, I bet that's a good break both from church work and seven year old birthday parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Hey, uh, let's dive in then to the conversation today, knowing many of us uh, around Southridge and certainly the leaders listening are looking ahead to Easter weekend. Uh, from your perspective, though, I know that, you know, you see this as does the Christian calendar and in many traditions as entering into an entire week. What would you say for you is the significance of the week leading up to Easter weekend? Why do we refer to it as Holy Week? Yeah, uh, I mean, we refer to it as Holy Week because it's the, you know, it's a, it's a, it's sort of a, a lot of significant events in the life of Christ happen in this kind of eight day period. Um, I was thinking about this, uh, you know, this this year for us, uh, as we've been prepping for our Easter services on Good Friday and Easter Sunday, which sort of are part of that. And we're going to be looking a lot at the story out of the book of John, but it, it was, I, I was realizing that the book of John, the gospel of John, which was written by like Jesus' best friend who was there and, you know, present for all of his experiences and tells us the story of this, this incredible week. Um, I think the, the book is 21 chapters, but by the end of chapter 11, you're already at with six days to go. Uh, like 50% of what John wanted to talk about happened in this week. And these are some of the most significant events, you know, from, you know, the last supper and the foot washing to Jesus final prayer um, for the the church to, you know, the, the classic story of Jesus clearing the temple. And these, these are some of the, the core and central things that help us understand what the events of the weekend, the, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus that really frame and help us understand what this is all about. And this is obviously the high point in the entire church calendar. This is what Jesus came for. This is the center point of history that breaks it all into before and after and brings an end to the old covenant and a start to the new covenant. And um, to be able to have sort of an on-ramp experience that engages us, not just like any other weekend or any other Sunday, but engages us all week long in anticipation and in preparation for the significance of what this is all about, I think it's just a really important thing for us to engage in as Christ followers. Hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ movie where, you know, there are these kind of clips from the, the upbringing and kind of the history of Jesus' life, but really the whole movie is that last week. Right. And uh, there's there's so much of the story of Jesus' life and the good news uh, about him contained in that in that last week that it's it's worth paying attention to. I, I, these I are guess, really like the eight days that changed the world. Like these are this is yeah this is this is where it all happens. Yeah, and I guess the the, the question for me then is, you know, you're a, you're a a weekend service, large group gathering kind of programmer, you know, a, a leader, but. From a from a Jesus follower perspective, what does the week long approach compared to the single event approach? How does that change the the psyche or the spirit of a Jesus follower? Why is it important for us to invite people into the experience of Holy Week in that sense? Well, I think because uh, I guess in some ways it's a lot like uh, our our sense of what what we're inviting people into all the time. Um, Easter isn't about one hour a week that we're going to spend in a church service on this coming weekend. And it's not even about two hours if you are going to attend a Friday and a Sunday service. Um, 
This is about being transformed moment by moment, moment, day by day, by the presence of Christ who is with us. And I think recognizing that a life of following Jesus isn't an event-based thing, and it's not sort of this one-hour-a-week kind of a thing. It's about the journey of going through everyday life. I think entering into the Holy Week is about entering into the journey that Christ was on in this week and walking with Christ. It's actually a really cool way of thinking about living our lives walking with Christ, journeying with Christ through um, all of the things that happen on this, all, all of this, the things that happen in the Holy Week. They're not just events we remember for historical because of their historical significance. They're actually uh, experiences that Christ, through you know the writings of the those who wrote the Gospels, uh, is inviting us into. They're actually training us, and if we will let them, if we'll enter into them as as the experiences every day, they're training us to be followers of Jesus. And they actually it it, it starts to unsettle or or dislodge these events from history and make them part of our actual day-to-day experience here and now. Yeah, for leaders listening, I hope that you you can see the difference between the significance of inviting people to attend big events versus encouraging people to engage in a way of life or in a week-long experience that can better identify at a lifestyle level not just with the person of Jesus, but with the cross-carrying life of love that he's inviting us into in following him. It's, it's, uh, it's been a very different di- discipleship approach, I would even say, Tom, that, mm-hmm. that we've taken over the last few years and uh, has certainly been, been powerful in our midst. Having yeah. said that, uh, obviously we've got two events, so I, I wouldn't mind you as the service programmer commenting on them. Um, like many churches, we break up the good news of Jesus and Easter into these two separate experiences. I guess, first off, just for review, and maybe this is more helpful for our, our Southridge members listening, like, why do we do that? What, what, what is the spiritual significance of focusing separately on both Good Friday and Easter Sunday? Yeah, well, uh, we haven't always done that. Um, there was a time when we did an Easter weekend service, and we did the whole shebang in one thing, and whether you came on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, you were kind of getting the the one big experience. Uh, no, I, th- I guess at the end of the day, there's just, there's a, first of all, there's a lot to cover. And uh, certainly you can, you can have a very meaningful single, single experience that, that covers all that ground. But, uh, you know, and, and in as much as one of the things that's weird about doing two events is that it's, kind, it sometimes feels a little bit strange to come on Friday and enter into the sadness of the cross and into that experience, almost like you're pretending Sunday is not, you know, two days away and that right. we, we don't know that Jesus is going to rise from the dead. And that can be a little bit of the, the challenge or the weirdness of it. But the reality is, is that the, even though they happened historically very close to each other, and they're certainly not unrelated, uh, the event of the cross, the crucifixion of Jesus and, and the resurrection of Jesus are distinct uh, they're distinctly different things and accomplish different things in our world and in our lives. And each one of them is deserving of our full attention. Um, the, the, the cross obviously being the final, I guess, moment of the, of the historical, the, the old covenant experience that God's people had with God 
and Jesus getting to the point, and we're going to talk about this a bit on Friday, of where he says, it is finished, and those are sort of his last words from the cross. Um, there is a bringing to the end of the era of the empire of sin and death. This temporary, you know, pretend ruler of the world that sort of had enslaved all of us, uh, there is a finality to that moment and an ending of that and a breaking of the power of sin and death and evil in our world, um, though we still live with some of the aftershock effects of that, that is critical for us in understanding that uh, that we are set free to live in a whole new reality of grace because of Jesus. And the resurrection then comes on its heels and is a rebooting of the world as we understand it. Um, last year, we talked a little bit about the fact that um, uh, when the first uh, people actually met Jesus after the resurrection, uh, he was sort of disguised as a gardener outside the tomb. And this is sort of signaling the idea that Jesus was kind of rebooting the garden. God was in the garden again, rebooting the world and starting over. And this idea that a whole new world is possible and that we're living in a whole new era and new life is actually possible for all of us, uh, that Jesus was actually the firstborn of many that, that like Colossians says, that, that we all are now invited into resurrection. These are two incredibly profound but also distinct realities that massively transform the way we look at the world and understand our faith and understand what following Jesus is. And so I think ultimately we feel like they're worth they're worth giving each one their full attention. Well, and just camping out on Good Friday again, just for a little while longer, I love the comment that you made about how it is a bit awkward as a as a service programmer to design a service where there's no tension about the punchline three days later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. as a service programmer, what is important to remember about planning Good Friday services or maybe specifically the impact that you're hoping to leave people with then, knowing that everyone already knows the punchline that we're going to celebrate on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, th there's sort of these events that happen throughout the year, Christmas, you know, Friday, Easter, where everyone... I mean, maybe not everyone, but but the vast majority of people who you're gathering together with, kind of they get the plot. They've heard the story before, and so certainly one of the one of the challenges is how do you how do you engage one another? In, how do we engage each other in a fresh way? How do we look at this from a fresh perspective? How do we engage enter into the experience, um, not just with some kind of rote routine kind of approach? Um, and so that's obviously one of the challenges, but. Um, when it comes to Friday, certainly you, you're tapping into uh, some heavy and really serious, sometimes pain, trauma. I mean, you're talking about sin, the depths of people's sin. People feel it on Good Friday. Uh, you're talking about death. And, and quite honestly, as a service planner, I think for a lot of us, the temptation is almost, if I can say this, to like exploit that a bit and exploit even like the graphic details. You talked about the passion of the Christ. I mean, a lot of Good Friday services will spend a lot of time emphasizing just how horrific and gory and gruesome Friday was. And I think often we do that in order to conjure up a, a lot of emotions and our sense of our, our regret, our remorse, our uh, even guilt around the fact that, you know, my sin put Jesus on that cross is sometimes language that even gets used. But my sense increasingly is that that's actually not the point of Friday. 
um, Friday isn't a day just to be sad and mourn and grieve the fact that it was all, it's all my fault that they did this to Jesus. Um, it's actually a day that we call good for a reason because it's a day to celebrate the victory of the cross. That the cross wasn't Jesus losing, the cross was Jesus winning. Although I don't even love that language. Like the cross is the ultimate 10 out of 10, unfiltered, undiluted expression of the kind of humble, others-oriented, self-sacrificing love that characterized the entire life of Jesus. That is who God says that God is when you hear the, the phrase, God is love. And what we are all being invited to in terms of picking up our own cross and following Jesus in that way of love. And so I think the biggest challenge or what I feel is is something that I'm increasingly feeling is important about planning Good Friday is while there are moments to confess sin and to acknowledge the the and, and experience the forgiveness that that we we claim because of the cross, it's actually not about feeling bad that it happened, but recognizing the beauty and the good that this is what love looks like. Love looks like going all the way to death to be selfless, sacrificial, and others-oriented in our love. And that that's a huge really a huge paradigm shift, I would say, and for, especially for church leaders listening, you know, to consider whether the the, the foreground message, because I know as a participant, I've experienced both impacts personally, the, 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 mm-hmm. the foreground message of, I am such a bad person that I forced or caused Jesus to have to go to these lengths mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> versus these and are the lengths. The- these are the lengths that Jesus out of love would go to yeah. for me and for and for us. Those are totally different, totally different. downbeats. And we program services a, with both. <laughs> we sure have. Uh, and even worse. But yeah, the cross is not just the necessary evil that gets you to resurrection. It actually is the point. It actually is. I used to actually really struggle with the fact that the central image of Christianity over all the years has been the cross. And instead of the empty tomb, I used to think, well, all our jewelry should be empty gray, empty tombs around our neck or something. If we really want to celebrate the the significance of the Easter weekend. And increasingly I have actually come back to the idea that no, the cross is the central image because what is central to a life of following Jesus is that, that uh, all in selfless sacrificial love, and that's what the cross is. It's not just the necessary evil that deals with our sin. It is God. The cross is God when God's at, at his very best. That's yeah, what the yeah. cross is. Yeah. That's so, love on full display. So with that downbeat, and I mean, uh, that is so compelling, so inspiring. You know, what's left then on Easter Sunday? <laughs> If that's really God on display, that's the good news. What 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 are you then saving for for Easter Sunday that makes it its own independent extraordinary experience? Uh, like theologically, or just for our services? Um, Both. Yeah. <laughs> how how does our thinking then play out to, uh, to play out in what's coming up this Sunday? Yeah. Like I mean. Theologically, what's left is something super exciting. I mean, uh, I, I think I use the language of like, once God has has 
defeated sin, death, and evil, and the empire is now, you know, crumbling to its knees because God has, uh, in a way that may have in the moment looked like a loss, God has actually had shown victory over sin, death, and evil through this act of love at the cross. Now, uh, God and Jesus actually reboots the world. It's a total restart. And I, I talked about the, the garden image. There's this other story uh, in the Gospels uh, after the resurrection where Jesus comes and he meets with the disciples. And he does this super weird thing where he's, he's talking to them about receiving the Holy Spirit. And he leans in and he breathes on them. Like it's the weirdest moment. I can't imagine what that would have felt like or been to experience. But he's obviously calling back again to the story of the garden where God breathes life. God, The breath of God is breathed into humanity and humanity becomes a living soul. And Easter Sunday is, again, not just talking about an event that happened. We've gotten, again, back in the day we used to do this, but we've gotten away from using Easter Sunday as an, a chance to, to for at apologetics or like, let's verify whether or not this actually happened. This is... Easter Sunday isn't primarily about verifying the events that happened 2,000 years ago, but it's an invitation into resurrection here and now that we can have the life of God through Jesus breathed back into us, and we get to start again, and we get to partner with the Holy Spirit in remaking the world according to God's design. And that that becomes the shape of the rest of our lives uh, again, anchored in the love that we experience at the cross, but now we are mobilized and we are activated to go and rebuild God's world, and that's pretty cool. Uh, one of the primary ways that I know that you've sought to support this Holy Week, this this long kind of approach to the week, uh, is through inviting people to engage in spiritual practices, not just attending these hours but learning how to practice the presence of God every moment of mm -hmm. every day, hour by hour, um, especially in Easter week, Tom, remind us of the vision again, why practices are so significant and talk a little bit about what your team has prepared and provided this week that is specifically designed to help people experiment with spiritual practices with an eye on these momentous truths of Easter. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, when we, we talk a lot about practices, and I, I'm, I get a little worried sometimes that people will start thinking that, that what we're trying to say is that, you know, a life of following Jesus isn't about going to church on Sunday. It's about going to church on Sunday plus doing this daily quiet time every day. And that's equally not what we're saying. But I think what we have become convinced of increasingly and what we've experienced in our personal lives is that by engaging not just week to week, but day by day and even beyond just daily, but moment by moment in different practices, in, in prayer, in engaging with scripture, in engaging with postures, that these, these practices create the context in which we open ourselves, body, soul, and spirit, to body, mind, and soul, to the presence of Christ. And that's actually the goal. 
The goal is actually to experience the Jesus breathing on me and coming to life and becoming a living soul. That's what we're hoping for, is a life that is full of what Jesus described as an abundant life, a life overflowing with spiritual vitality and health that spills over into love to other people. But the way that we train ourselves to live in and you know what we sometimes say, call practicing the presence of God, these are just sort of ways of interrupting daily life. And we once did a series where we used the language we talked about um, intentionally doing something that's unnatural to us, something out of the ordinary, uh, in order to experience the supernatural until they become kind of second nature. And I, I like the language of interrupting because if left to my own, I'll just kind of coast through life or go in my own direction. And I need interruptions. I need something to interrupt and disrupt my natural tendency to point me back towards Christ, to point me back towards love, to point me back uh, towards the kinds of uh, fruit of the spirit focus that really will be life-giving to me. And so that's why we give these practices. And as with every week, um, this week we are providing through our app and through our website um, daily thing, daily practices that you can engage with uh, for this week. They're all rooted in the Holy Week stories of Scripture, and they involve deep readings uh, and imaginative prayer engagement with the stories that uh, emerge out of the Holy Week. And I, I really think that if if a person engages with these fully and you know carves out that space to give our attention. Again, this will do more than just simply remind me of what happened 2,000 years ago, but it'll become part of my journey this week, be part of what's forming the way I'm thinking about the world around me and uh, the life that, that is being formed in me by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so especially for church leaders listening to appreciate that the, the, the mindset of approaching this more as a week that seeks to foster a journey as opposed to just two events that seek to foster attendance at events. It's not just words. There's actual like implementation infrastructure operationalizing there behind that, that uh, if you want to check out, you can go to our website or, or, or check out the Southridge app and go to the practices this week button and, uh, and track along and see what we're offering because it is a, a significant way of coming alongside and supporting the every hours of people's days, not just these two uh, one hour events. Having said that though, I guess where I'd want to wrap up Tom is the, the, the opportunity that Easter provides and the services themselves provide to invite and include others that are newer to faith and church. I know this is on church leaders' radars, and I hope it's on our radars as, as Southridge members as well. But I know that this has been kind of a wrestling match over the years as well, because Easter is very different culturally than Christmas when it comes to inviting yes. people to experience it. Uh, what would you want our people to know in advance of Easter weekend that can kind of prepare us or give us confidence to share an invitation with people in our circles uh, this weekend? Yes, certainly. But I mean, part of what's different about Christmas and Easter is Christmas is a season and it's kind of going, you know, nativity scenes and maybe even going to a, 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 a carol singer or something like that is, is a lot easier to just, you know, invite somebody to without it being odd. Easter certainly... Uh, doesn't have that same ease, but I would say that that Easter and maybe in particular 
in 2022 this year, um, I think the conversations that we are going to get to have together on Easter Sunday in particular are the kind of thing, whether, whether people realize it or not, it's the kind of thing we all are desperately in need of right now. I mean, we just wrapped up on Sunday a series, a four-week series, that's been talking about um, the, the trauma and the grief and loss and the divisiveness and the weariness that we have all been carrying um, over the last two years. And, and, and I think a lot of us are feeling spent. We're feeling, we're feeling like death, like we've experienced a death in so many ways, even internally. And what better context to be able to speak and practice resurrection. What better thing could we ever provide to our friends and our family members and our neighbors and you know, coworkers or classmates at school than a conversation, hey, you know, you've been chatting a little bit that you're not, you haven't been feeling great these days or you're feeling depressed or whatever. If you could use a new lease on life, I wanna, I wanna invite you to come with me and experience what could be. And I think that it's going to provide a lot of hope and healing. And I, I think that, that the opportunity to invite people, I've got some people coming that I'm very excited for who I know are aching for resurrection in their life. And uh, I'm really hoping and you know, one hour, one, one Sunday is not going to do it, but I'm hoping that it's going to open a door uh, for the possibility that somebody might engage with Jesus in an ongoing day by day way that is going to feel like Jesus is breathing new life into them. And so I really hope our, our friends here at South Ridge, anyone who listens to this will kind of start feeling like there's a, get, let's get the word out. We actually get to do this this year. And maybe like never before in our lifetime, I think people want and need this. Well, and, and it's a different podcast, but the, the way that we've envisioned these kind of big event services isn't about, you know, kind of answering everyone's questions or, you know, getting them to some drastic decision in an hour. They're actually spark plugs to kind of stimulate a curiosity and stimulate, again, a more ongoing journey. And so even kind of out the back end, there's, again, a lifestyle level perspective, not just an event contained perspective so people are bringing a lifestyle into the experience but the experience is also hopefully driving a way of life that for people that we're inviting this can give them a bit of a taste of you know how we gather every week and the kind of journey that they're on that a person can invite someone in in an ongoing way and so i know that that's what you're trying to support through the week with spiritual practices through events on sundays every week in the flywheel and in the in the overall rhythm of that and uh, yeah, just want you to know that we're we're praying for you and your team this week and uh, appreciate the work that you guys do all the time, let alone this week, which is kind of a, a double dip uh, level of busyness for, for you and your whole department. So appreciate you guys very much. Yeah, of course. Uh, so all the best to you guys for uh, a great week of planning. All the best to our community and to church leaders listening for a wonderful Holy Week. We'll see you again next week after Easter Sunday as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.